Good morning. So good to see everybody. It's good to be back. Yes, I feel welcome. I love to be here. This is so awesome. And it has been a whirlwind, which we'll certainly tell you guys about. Um, a lot still going on. Uh, in fact, I, I got in on, was it Thursday or Wednesday? I got in on Wednesday night, stayed the night, next day went down to D.C. and got back from there yesterday, yesterday right? Yesterday. And we're going back this afternoon to be down there this week. For and, and maybe we'll get into it a little bit later. But for uh, uh, meetings that the Lord knew were coming, that we had no idea were coming, and what He's doing. But today is a little bit unique because our international director, Michael, is here. And so I am not going to have him here and not have him come up and say something. But uh, for those of you online especially who do not know, uh, we have a very large work in Nigeria that we have been, I've been going there now for, what, six and a half years or something like that. And um, we, we have planted Americans on the ground. In fact, our compound, our mission work is... Definitely the largest where we are, but I believe one of the largest in all of Nigeria. Certainly of the Americans, but even even of, of other countries. But uh, the work that is going on there is tremendous. In fact, we have two other couples that are leaving in three weeks or something like that. Two weeks. I am not good with time, clearly. Okay, leaving in two weeks uh, to go there. Um, to be a part of that work, and they, they have been back and forth uh, prior to this. But um, what is going on there is exciting. What God is doing there is exciting because it's not just about there. It's about what he's doing here. He told us that it would begin in Nigeria, and it has. What would begin, Lord? Everything. 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 Everything that we see happening in Nigeria, we are beginning to see happen here. And it's exactly what the Lord said. So without going further into that, I'm going to have Michael come up and just share a little update on what is going on there. Hello. Hey guys, how are you? Mike stand. I think I'm okay. Thank you. It is really good to be back in the U.S. for just a brief time. Um, I, I couldn't say the same if I was called back here uh, right now because there's so much going on in Nigeria. And my, my wife and I were the international directors, as Greg said. She is back with our two-year-old daughter um, back in Nigeria, just kind of running things and, and pushing forward with everything that we're working on. And I, I was asked to just come up and kind of give um, a, a brief update on what we're doing, what, uh, what things we, we basically have uh, going on. And, and I'll, I'll share a brief story of how that connects into why I'm here and, and all of that. I won't go into much detail. I'll let him talk about all the politics stuff because he's a little better at it. But um, we have a compound in 
Benue State, Nigeria, if you have read this poster board over here on the left, uh, this big signage, um, this is, one, it has a lot of photos of us actually engaging with the people, so it's interesting. But we have a compound in Benue with a staff of about, it's right at about 50 people, full-time staff, and then we have another 50 or so that we we subcontract for various things on on an almost full-time basis based on the need. And we have been able to set up multiple businesses as ministry. That, that is one way and avenue that the Lord has called us to minister to people is through business and, and opportunities there. And so we have developed a large uh, poultry farm that currently we have one, one chicken coop building that is a two-story building, and it can house 12,000 birds and currently, I think we're at 8,000 at this point. Yes, we're at 8,000 um, because it, it's week by week. We have two more buildings that the foundation was completed um, just, just in August. We completed the foundation of two additional buildings. And then we also have another building foundation that was just completed at the same time in August um, for something that's about double the size of one of these chicken coops. And it is for our, our, our multi-purpose center is what we're calling it. And I'll explain just a little bit about that. But one thing I wanted to just, I wanted to bring to your attention, because I want to just brag on how good God is in in just the little things, right? It's big to us, but it may seem little to him. And it is in Nigeria, currently rainy season. They have two seasons. They don't have four like we do here. They have dry and rainy season. And in rainy season in Nigeria... August is a a very famous month for heavy, heavy, atrocious rain that wipes out villages, uh, puts houses underwater in in most of the area, even where we are. And it's it's a common saying throughout all of Nigeria when it's raining, you know, people will say, oh, this August rain. If if I'm lying, you, you, you tell me in Nigeria. But it's a very, very popular time for heavy rain. We needed to build these foundations in order to meet up with certain timelines that we, the Lord has directed truly. So we have just committed ourselves to prayer. We've said, Lord, it's only you that can make this happen because we are being told by every engineer, every, every person who's done construction, every person who just knows of people doing construction, every human being we discussed this with said it's not possible. You can't do it. August, the rain will be so heavy, you won't be able to dig these foundations. So we just committed it to prayer, and we said, Lord, it's got to happen. Not only did the Lord fully fund it with everything that we needed, which was truly a miracle, all of August, I think there were five days that it rained. All of August, I think there were five days that it rained. And when when I say five days that it rained, I'm talking like maybe an hour, maybe one heavy thunderstorm of those five days. The rest of them were a light sprinkling for an hour or something like that. People were just beside themselves. They thought, this is just so strange. I don't know what's happening. You know, is it global warming? You know, I I don't know what's happening. And truly, God held off the rain for the entire month of August. We got all three of those foundations done inside the month of August, started in August, finished in August. Am I right about that? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Started and finished inside of August, the most infamous time for heavy rain, no building whatsoever. Every single person that told us it's not possible, 
God told him otherwise. And I posted, a, I posted on Facebook a while back a, a quote that one of the pastors that we, that we uh, fellowship with in Nigeria had said in one of his sermons, and I, I really found it to be awesome. Um, he said, we need to stop focusing on facts and, stop, and start focusing on the one who can change facts. And it's just so true. It's so true. Um, we see it every day in everything that we do in Nigeria down to whether it's going to rain, whether it's not going to rain. There's nothing too small that God will not take care of in order to accomplish his will, truly. So we have all of those things in, in the works, in progress. We are more than likely going to be doubling our staff capacity uh, and staffing within the next two to three months. Um, with all the poultry production there, we are able to help stabilize markets where, you know, and, and I don't want to go into heavy details about it, but stability in Nigeria is very, it's a, it's a very, very big problem. Um, it sways everything. All of the industry, all of the economy is swayed because markets are not stable. And this is something that's going to help that. In our community, <clears throat> we live in one of the poorest communities in all of Nigeria. It's, it's, a, it's a township called Wadata inside of McCurdy. This place, it's a Hausa word. Uh, Hausa is a tribe. Hausa word, uh, Wadata, means, in translation to English, uh, prosperity and wealth. We're in the poorest area called Wadata. And we didn't know it when we first arrived at all. We didn't know it at all. And it wasn't until we started inviting some people to come and, you know, Come meet with us at our place. You know, we'll, we'll have a dinner, host you. You know, it's a welcoming and all of that. When we started getting a lot of like declined, uh, you know, declining of our invitation, you know, rejection of that. Some people would show up, and and they, you know, when you tell people we live there, they they look at you and you know, really that that place? No, oh, no, really. Where do you live? Um, it's quite amazing what God is doing and has done and is doing inside that township. What has been known as the poorest area, one of the, the smallest areas economically, is truly being transformed. Yes, in part, you can look at the fact that we're building industry and all of these things and say that, you know, okay, you know, that, that's part of the reason it's changing. It's, it's really not. What we've done is actually small in comparison to what God has done through it. And I have heard testimony, and, and for those who may question, because I meet with some people who, who are on the fence about business as ministry. You know, traditionally you go out and you just preach the gospel, you stay in your lane and you do that, and you come home for a couple months, raise support, and you go back out there. God hasn't called us to do it the normal way. I can tell you that we have done crusades. We have preached in churches. Greg and I both. Uh, Alexis has. So many others have, have preached and, and spoken and you know, shared the gospel with so many people. In our community, it's 90% Muslim. 90% Muslim. I met with three in the, last, in the last three months. I've met with three Muslim community leaders who have come and requested a meeting with me and, and my wife to just share some stuff with us. Upon these meetings, they share with us that just through what they see God doing in us, through us, with, with what's happening, you know, yes, with the business and opportunity growth, but also just in our testimony, they are, they are saying that their communities are beginning to, to really see and question 
hmm, who is this God that they claim, you know, I, I, I'm wondering about this. This is, this is really curious. You know, no, I can't say that, that they testified that they are, you know, they gave their lives to Christ, but that's coming. It's coming. And, and it's not being shoved down their throats. It's not any of that. It's just simply by doing what Revelation talks about. Power to change lives rests in the blood of the Lamb. That's nothing to do with us. Jesus Christ died on the cross. He, he is the provider of the blood. But then by the word of our testimony, that's our choice, stepping in obedience in anything God calls us to do. And then there's a third part that a lot of people like to leave off, but it's critical, and that's that we love not our lives unto death. If, if we loved our lives unto death, we probably wouldn't be in Nigeria. Um, and, and, you know, so many of, of the people here that were up here on the stage, you know, for worship and, and some others, I mean, and I think you know them, you know, Gabe, Maeve, Josh, Shannon, Mia, all of them are moving to this place to provide that, that vessel for testimony. It has changed completely the township that we're in, completely. We hear, we, we, I, every time I'm out there supervising a project, somebody comes up and says, this, there's something here. We see God moving through you people. And, and, and I've had two people say, it's not from what you're doing. There are things you don't even know that are happening because we see they are recognizing that it's the presence of God. It used to be when we first got there that it's okay. It's a bunch of Americans, foreigners. You know, that's really cool. So, so they'd associate all the, the hype and the, the excitement over the fact that there's foreigners, Americans living. They don't see it as that anymore. They see it as the hand of God resting on something. They're seeing things peripherally happen. They're, they're seeing... Our engineers who lead our team of construction workers and all the subcontractors that work on everything have said multiple times to us, within this community, you will never go a day when you have workers from the community come together for a job where there's not strife and arguments and everything over money, over who's doing this job and this job. You'll never go a day having those people without those arguments. We've not had one day. We've not had one day where there's been an argument. There's not been one day, and, you know, maybe there's a joking argument. But there's not one day where we've had any of that strife. And God, they, they recognize this as something God is doing. And it's not just because, oh, we're there and we're doing It's because of the prayers that go into this. That, that statement here that says, please pray with us, unified, focused prayer is changing lives in Benway. It's, it's the core. It is the core of everything that has happened. The prayer has moved people to, to give money and fund things and, and all of that. The prayer has been the thing that has reached people through the Holy Spirit and through the agreement together as, as one church, as one body. That is so critically important. As God leads you, be on a prayer call. As God leads you, be in your prayer closet. Pray for Nigeria. Pray for us. Uh, pray for the ones coming out. It's, it's not an easy task going out there to live. It's just not. Um, you know, we're, we're, we live in a different world here than is there. Prayer is definitely needed. But I, I just wanted to give an update on some of the construction and some of the, the, the industry. We also have a block molding industry where we make cinder blocks and, and sell those. We've been able to make them in, in so much better quality and keep the price the exact same as all the other people to help improve quality of buildings. There has been a second, I don't know if I've even told Greg this, there's been a second uh, skyscraper in Lagos, which is the, the business headquarters of Nigeria, like the New York of America. Uh, there's been a second skyscraper that has collapsed and killed people. 
because they're made of concrete and people are skipping corners in quality checks. They're skipping corners in all these things. And so, you know, it's just one thing to point out. We, we are, we're working our best with the, the standard of excellence, do everything that we do unto the glory of God. And so that's, that's one of the missions with some of the business there. But this multipurpose center, uh, and I know Greg, Greg has a unique vision from the Lord on this, so I know he'll fill in gaps where I'm missing certain things or forget to mention. But the premise of this building is to be able to serve for, for people, young children and widows, as the Bible tells us, you know, care for the widows and the orphans, people who do not have access. We, we deal with children within our local community, neighbors, people that live three houses down who have children, who we know from testimonies, from talking with them, from sharing life together. Some of them, we see them after three or four days, like, when was the last time you ate? Uh, last time we saw you. Not that we gave them the food, but it's like three days before they've eaten. And, and, or or they, they, when they eat, it's like a bowl of um, um, grits or something like that. What, what would be an equivalent? So they are struggling because of the poverty in this township. And one of the things that the Lord has led us to do is to build this, this multipurpose center that will house two aspects at least. One is to have the beginnings of, of a, a, a house of worship where we can actually begin to bring people in by the hundreds, you know, hopefully we can fit a thousand people into the building that, that are hungry and, and need to be fed with the truth from the word of God. Um, and, and so we're going to be able to house that Bible studies, all of these different things. And then the second purpose is it's going to actually have a, a commercial kitchen in which we will be able to produce through the partnership, which is our goal and vision, through the partnership of local people donating raw goods, whether it be foodstuffs that are extra from their farms that would go to waste normally, by donations of anything, human resources of their time to come and help out, to have it be a collaborative effort to produce 1,000 meals a day minimum, at least at the start, that's our goal, 1,000 meals a day to the, to the people who do not have access to eat food who do not have any other way of, of getting a meal, children who go to school and don't have anything with them. Um, so that's another aspect of, of something that we're currently working on and building. But <clears throat> I want to speak to, actually, Rich asked me a question in, in men's uh, group this morning. And I want to ask, uh, say the question again, and then I'm going to answer it to everyone, just to give you an understanding of what. The question was, Michael, what do you see the spirit? How do you see the spirit moving inside of the, the church in Nigeria? How do you, what, what would be the answer to that question? And I thought about it for a moment, but the, the true answer is, and what I gave to them, we are having, both there and here, we're having a Habakkuk moment. We truly are. If you look in, in Habakkuk and you read, it's, it's very short, three, three, I think three chapters. Um, Habakkuk the prophet is complaining to the Lord basically that the, the, the enemy, the evil people, this wickedness is prevailing, taking over everything, and, and petitioning to the Lord, why are you, why are you just looking upon this evil and, and not doing anything about it? Why are you allowing this to continue to take place? You could easily look at what's happening in the nation today here and say the same thing to the Lord. Why is it that all this evil and wickedness is prospering and prevailing? And the Lord answered and said, I am raising this people up to come and plunder. And, and I'm very, very much paraphrasing. 
raising them up to come and plunder because eventually the ones who are, are, that they're in debt to are going to rise up and demand suddenly that their debts be paid. In, in another word, he is waiting on the bride, his church, his people, to finally become just, just sick and tired of, of this taking place, to rise up and take their authority in Christ, to recognize who they are in Christ, and finally step into that. And that is what you're seeing in Nigeria. Uh, I'll speak to Nigeria since that was the question and what I'm talking about. Nigeria, the church is unifying. It is, slowly but surely. We are beginning to see the unification of denominations. We're beginning to see the unification across, whether it be Protestant, uh, Lutheran, um, Catholic, Baptist, Evangelical, it, you name it. They're, they're beginning to work together. Bits and pieces, there are still some of those divides, but they're beginning to come together and work towards a, a common goal in, in the leadership of this nation, uh, Nigeria. They have never in the history of their nation had a, a presidential run that has not been split between president and vice president, Muslim and Christian, one way or the other, whether it's president Muslim, vice president Christian, or the other way around. It's always been representative of the two sides. There is now, for the first time in the history of the nation, what they are calling a Muslim-Muslim ticket, where both vice president and president are Muslim running on that side. And so... Of course, that, that's very concerning to the Nigerian citizens, very, very concerning. And so you're beginning to see the, the people of Nigeria become so disgusted with what's happening, all of the corruption, the evil, the wickedness. They're beginning to rise up. They're beginning to find that authority. They're beginning to come together. They're beginning to seek the Lord in unified prayer. Um, I, I've been a part of a few um, strategic meetings between many denominations where they have strategized in prayer. They have sought the Lord together, arm in arm, seeking God for what do we do? How do we affect change? What, what can we do? Lord, what can you do? Lord, I'm asking you to do this. Um, they're just seeking the Lord heaven, he, heavily. And, and that, that is truly what we're seeing the Spirit do. He is provoking the ones who, who are truly dedicated to him. They're He's providing that line that we see over and over again. People who, who aren't willing to step up and take that as part of the remnant, they, they're going to experience a lot of turmoil in this time. And I think, you know, everyone is, but it, it's just going to be a really interesting time to see the next few months. A lot of prophets have been speaking about the times in the next few months, and I won't go into that. But God is doing something. He is moving heavily. Um, the things that are ongoing in Nigeria have been nothing short of a miracle every step of the way. Um, we are trusting God for the miracle of bringing Tewase, who is the former chief of staff, to the governor of Benway State here to D.C. We are even trusting God for the visas and residency for the, the people who are supposed to be leaving to come to Nigeria to move. Um, we need your prayer. We need your prayer. Don't don't think that because you're just sitting here that you're not a part of what's happening there. Um, it is so vitally critical that that you're unified in prayer with us. Prayer for Nigeria. Pray uh, pray for what it is that takes place on a daily basis um, within our compound with sharing life with with one another, ministering through testimony and through sharing the gospel with the people that surround us in our community. Um, 
there is something very unique that's going to take place. So I just just wanted to give you that brief update. Um, hopefully I didn't miss something very important, but uh, I, I, I feel that I should end and hand it over to Greg. Thank you guys very much. Let me, let me just pray. <clears throat> Father, I, I thank you. I thank you so much that, Lord, even, even, when, even when we don't know what's happening next, Lord, the, the second-to-last song here talked about that, entering into the peace of knowing that you're in control, surrendering to you completely, trusting you with everything that we have, letting go of everything. Father, that, that truly is the best position to be in, the best one, because it doesn't matter what's happening around us. It doesn't matter, Lord, anything that the enemy may try and throw at us. When we are in complete rest in who you are, in trust that you have the best intentions for our lives and that you are capable to do anything, that you're the one that no matter the facts, you can change them. Father, Newton's laws and all these laws of science and physics and everything don't mean anything to you. You can do whatever you want. So, Father, I just pray, uh, praise you, and I thank you, and I ask, Lord, that you provide a way, as you do so often, where there's no way. Provide these visas in your timing. Lord, provide for both the, the residency visa for, for the people moving to Nigeria. Provide the visa for visitation for Tewase. Provide everything needed. Provide the resources, both financial, uh, wisdom, and revelation. Father, protection in, in everywhere we go, both in Nigeria but also here. Father, I pray your will be done above all else. Your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord has a plan. The Lord has his will for everything that he does globally, certainly in Nigeria and what he's been doing there, certainly here, and what he is doing in this country and in what he is going to do. Uh, Michael said the next few months uh, will be extraordinary here. And that isn't the purpose for me getting up here to speak this morning. I don't want to dovetail off of that, but just buckle up. Buckle up for what he is doing. Buckle up for what he has promised. Buckle up for what he's about to do. I can tell you, um, uh, in regards to Nigeria, uh, the, the part that Michael didn't say is what he has us doing now. We walk by faith there. Okay, we walk by faith here. I mean, literally, this, this church was started by a walk of faith. It, it wasn't started by a group of people with resources. I suppose it was started by a group of people with debt. Right? It's God who does it. All that you have seen over the last few months, all that you have heard about in Nigeria has come from the provision of the Lord and not in small amounts but in large amounts. Things that wouldn't make sense to a church that is 40 people. And I used to say 40 people in a house. (laughs) Right? But what God is doing is Him. Nobody else can take credit. Something you may not know. Okay, there's 40 of us here, or so, 40, 50, whatever it is, that pray hard for the Lord's will. Certainly here, but in Nigeria. 
Do you know it's not just us? Do you know we have over 8,000, do you hear me? 8,000 partners across the United States that pray with us, that give, that do all these things that do it simply because God told them to, not because they know me or I know them. I get letters or notes every day, every single day. I get a letter or a note from these people just encouraging that, hey, we're praying. We're praying. God's moving. We're praying. Don't think for a second that all of this is happening because of some ingenuity that we have or some grand plan that that we have, had saved up for years to implement. I'm going to tell you one thing that this started from. The word yes. That's what it started from. It started years ago when I sought the Lord and I said, I want what you want more than I want what I want. And that's it. I don't even care what that is. Of course, at the time, I had no clue. At the time, I had no interest in being a pastor. I had no interest in preaching. <laughs> Most of you don't, didn't know me before. I, I, I did what Brooke does and what Josh does. I, I led worship, and I loved it. That was my favorite thing in the world, and I thought if I could just do this the rest of my life, I'd be satisfied. God said, no, you're not that good a singer. We're going to have to change that up for you. But it was my yes that he began to work in my life. That he began to open doors that I couldn't possibly, not only could I not open them, but I couldn't imagine them. You know, a few weeks ago, God said, bring Tewasay here because I have meetings for you in Washington, D.C. Now, I've been down there for meetings before. Met certain people before. In fact, two years ago when all this was starting, when we were finally boots on the ground there, I had some of these meetings and it was like, okay, God, here's how you're going to do it. So different than what I thought. So different. It wasn't going down there for the provision that was needed to do what we're doing. In fact, God waited two years to now taking us down there to letting them know, hey, this is what God's doing. Do you want to be involved? We need people. We need hearts that have said yes, period. Nothing else. Not yes, but here's my list of things that I need to kind of stay in the scope of, God. Just erase all that in your life. God may do that. He may do other things. But what He needs from you is that big, bold yes. And I've, I've had so many people ask me, how do you do that? How do you build relationship with the Lord? How do, you, how do you learn to hear His voice to where you can have confidence in what that's, that yes is meaning? Uh, so many people have asked me that and it's kind of hard to explain, except in worship today, the Lord reminded me of how that came about. 
I can't remember the name of that song. The, the last one we did, When the Music Fades, Heart of Worship. There are a handful of songs that I would say changed my life. And it wasn't because the song was so awesome and everything else. It was because of what I used it for to give to Him. And this was one of them. Do you know how the Lord changed my life? I, and, and it wasn't that I was astray and all this. Although, i got to tell you, I was screwed up. I was screwed up. I didn't believe God spoke anymore as He did in the Word of God. I didn't believe that He wants to do the very things that He did in the book of Acts. He wants to do on an even greater scale. I didn't know that. I didn't even believe it. But in my heart of hearts, what I wanted was that. What I wanted was the authentic Jesus Christ. Not some list. Some blueprint on how to live my life so then I could manage the blueprint. I was sick of it. Because <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm not that good a manager. I can't manage my own blueprint. I tried. It doesn't work. Guess what? You guys aren't good managers either. No matter what you think. Because without the Holy Spirit, there's no such thing. And so I used to just say, Yes, God, yes. Do whatever you want with me. I didn't even know what that meant, but I would spend hours every day playing songs like that over and over again. I don't know. Other people's method might be different. For me, that's what it was because music would have such an impact on my life. It can have a good impact. It can have a bad impact. But for me, it was important that I would over and over and repeat and repeat and repeat what I wanted the Lord to know. That I choose you. I choose you. You have given me free will. You have given me my choice. That's literally all I have to give. Is my choice. So I choose you. And that song, I'll bring more than a song. For a song in itself is not what you've required. But you've required everything. If His blood paid for everything, I owe Him everything. We all do. We accepted a free gift that was not free for Him. He paid dearly for this. His cost was great. Why should our cost be any less? It shouldn't. Now, the cool part is, can't outgive God. Truly. Try and give Him every part of you. And what He does is makes every part of you ten, ten times or a hundred times bigger. Your outreach, your capability what you're doing in life. He expands it. And, and this is not just, I, I am not an anomaly. I mean, my wife might say I'm an anomaly in some ways. 
But in this, I am not an anomaly. This is something He offers to every single person who is covered in His blood, who has received Him as Savior, invited Him into their heart, sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit in Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. When you meet that criteria, you have it available to you. This gift. But it takes your yes. Without qualification. Not yes, but. Not yes, and. Not yes, and here's my list of parameters that I need you to stick within if I'm giving you my yes. But it's just a bold yes. You know, it's interesting because (laughs) we're going back down to D.C. We were in D.C. this last couple of days and had some meetings. Again, the Lord told us to go. We had nothing set up. In fact, the the meetings that we set up, I think we set up on, on the plane ride back here or something. I know that the the one that I set up, that's when it was. I think the same with Michael. Same going into this next week. Lord says, go back down to D.C. I have meetings for you. Okay. Well, I'm here to tell you, we have a meeting tonight at 6.30. Beyond that, we don't know. But yet, when I come here next Sunday, you're going to hear a report of a week chocked full of meetings. Chocked full of meetings that will blow your mind. The Lord showed me something last night of a person. The only reason He laid this person on my heart, I can can imagine, is because this will be one of the meetings. And... It blows me away. It blows me away what God does. When you give Him your yes, when you don't put the parameters on your own life, and it doesn't matter your age, it doesn't matter your status, it doesn't matter if you're too old or too young, there's no such thing. Because a pure yes to God, He will use, and He will take in ways that you could not imagine. Now the beauty of this is Jesus Christ not only came to this earth to pay for our sin. Boy, so often that's what we chalk it up to. (laughs) We just chalk it up to, yeah, He came and died on the cross for our sins so that I could be saved, so that I could escape hellfire that I deserve. That's true. But if that is all you think Jesus did, then you're missing the grand plan behind what He did. It wasn't just to come and offer His life, His blood for us. It was literally to show us how to do it. How to live a life for Him. How to say yes to Him and walk in that life. He showed it. And I know this is where I've had people send letters and emails about 
their rejection of what I'm saying. So you could just halt those. Don't bother. Save your pen, save your email clicking, (laughs) whatever it is. Jesus Christ did not come here and operate as God. Now don't be confused to what I'm saying. Jesus Christ is, was, and will always be God. He never stopped being God. In fact, that is the beauty of this. Of Him coming to earth. He by choice inserted Himself into His own creation. A creation that was made a little lower than the angels, it says in Hebrews. For what purpose? If, it, if all it was was for Him to die and, and die a sinless you know, man, I mean, honestly, He could have done that shortly after He was born. If all it took was Him making a choice, maybe, maybe He would have had to wait until He could make a choice. I, I don't know. He certainly didn't have to wait 33 years. So there's more to that story. And the more to that story is the fact that the burden that Jesus took on Himself was leading a people. We'll call those people His bride. Leading them in what it looked like to have a relationship with the Father as a human being, as a man. So when he came and inserted himself into his creation, he did not bring or use, we'll say it that way, he did not use the power that was at his disposal. You saw that even in the temptation in the wilderness. Satan tempted him to use it. He said, jump off this place. The angels will come. They will take care of you. So you don't even dash your foot upon a stone. Jesus said, get behind me. Because he knew who he was. But he learned it through faith. Boy, that's a hard concept. That is a hard concept to get. I've been through, and many of you have been through some of this. I mean, certainly not the... To that degree. But where God has a plan for your life. For you to recognize who you are in Him. And and how that trumps who we are here. Who we are here is, is this fake facade. It's who He intends us to be. Jesus Christ went through that as He was growing up. He had to learn who He was as God. He had to learn relationship with the Father. Now, unlike us, He was born without sin. Alright, we're born in sinful flesh. We have a disadvantage, if you will. That's literally what Jesus paid for, is to make it a level playing field. Not to force relationship on you, because it's your choice. 
But to say, through His blood, you have that same cleansed purpose to build relationship with the Father. And He shows us how. He said, and the Bible even says, that He learned obedience. In fact, let's, let's turn to that. It's in Hebrews. And it's funny. You, you don't see my laptop or my iPad up here um, because I accidentally left it in D.C. So... Oh, well, and, I, and Alex was going to give me her iPad, but, but I use, my, my Bible is here, it's, it's in the air, whatever, in, in my phone and electronically, and that's where I have all my notes, that's where I have my highlights, I mean, you can see the highlights here, so, so I am going to attempt to be able to read it off my phone, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I want you to turn to Hebrews 5. Hebrews 5, verse 8 says this. Although, well, no, let's go back to 7. It's talking about Jesus Christ. And, and the, the writer of Hebrews here is, is basically talking about Jesus' priesthood. That it's not after the order of Aaron, which was the Hebrew. It was after the order of Melchizedek, who was given tithe by Abraham. Okay? Verse 7 says this. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Now, let me, let me explain something here real quick. This is a clue, an indicator about Jesus Christ learning by faith. Right? He knew his father. And by the time he had his ministry on earth, and especially by the time he came to the Garden of Gethsemane, what did he do? He prayed, Lord, if there be any way, if there be any way for this cup to pass by me, let it pass. But yet not my will be done, but yours. That's what it's talking about in verse 7. Now verse 8, Although he was a son... He learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, or the word there is really complete, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Don't be confused when it says perfect like saying, well, Jesus was not born perfect and he must have sinned and, you know, whatever. That word there is complete, to be made complete for the tasks in him to have been completed. Jesus learned through obedience. What did he learn? I would imagine he learned a lot of things, but what this is talking about specifically is faith. He learned faith. He learned how to believe. He learned how to to recognize his father's voice. Ten years ago, I would not have been able to preach this. I can preach it now. Not just because all of a sudden I can understand the book of Hebrews, which is really kind of a hard thing sometimes to understand, especially chapter 6 and 10. But it's because I've lived it. I've lived it. 
I've lived through the process of giving God my yes. I've lived through the process of of trying to move through the fog of hearing His voice. Of understanding His Word past the surface. Man, if, if all you understand in His Word is the surface of what you see like it's a history book, you haven't even picked up the Word of God yet. There are so many layers, I am convinced there are so many layers in His Word, we will never exhaust them. And I don't mean just on this earth. I mean in eternity. We will spend eternity getting to know Him and His character and who He is. So I learned, I can speak from experience. I learned what it was like to not believe those things and yet submit my yes to God and say, I will not put any of my own paradigms in the way of what you want to do. Crush my paradigms. Crush them. If they're in the way of your truth, and if they're in the way of what you're doing, crush them. These are the things that I would cry to Him. And He heard my cry. He will hear your cry. And we all can have this because Jesus paved the way. Jesus learned obedience, the the obedience of faith. Do you think Jesus came, came into the world and even more specifically, do you think He went to the cross Knowing from the other side, in other words, outside of time, what is going to happen? If he did, he didn't learn by faith. He learned by observation. But he learned obedience by faith because he had to trust the Father. Evidence of that is the very prayer that he had in Gethsemane. If he already knew the intricacies of everything that was supposed to happen to him, first of all, it wouldn't have required faith. It also would not have produced that prayer. What an amazing prayer. What an example of a laid down life. There is no greater example. What he was going through the the consternation even in his body where he would have sweat that would come out his blood. You know, that that is a medical condition. It's caused by heavy stress. Not worry, but stress. Knowing what you are going through or going into the, the literal emotions of everything that was happening. He had to overcome that. Now, it's not to say that he ever got rid of the emotion. I, I don't know. Th- those are questions that's going to be so awesome when we're with him to ask him. When he gives us this, this full detailed story about what was going on in his mind. But I can tell you the evidence of one thing. He had faith. 
And that faith was not a blind faith. Why do you think it took 33 years? It's because He had to show us the same way that we could do it. Jesus said, walk as I walk. He said, do as I do. He is the example we're to follow. If He acted as God on this earth, it would have negated that statement immediately because we can't do it. He never asked us to act or walk as God. He said, have faith that God will work through you. The power He wants to bring in your life is not your own power. It's His power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. And He does that through faith. He showed us here. That's why He had to learn it. That's why it took that process. To make it capable for us or possible for us. See, what God did on the cross, His perfect plan, oh, the depths of that plan. I I, I mean, we could be here for hours just talking about this. First of all, the concept of, of a sinless, first of all, of God inserting Himself into humanity, His own creation, and then taking that on without the cloak of sin, because He couldn't, because God has never sinned, but yet fighting through the same wars that we fight. Fighting the same need to learn faith that we fight. So, because of that, you have a Savior that understands. When you pray to Him, it is not some high-level God that, you know, come to my feet and I'm, blink, okay, you're better, go. No. When you come before Him, He goes, I understand. I know what it feels like for people to hate you because they hated me. I understand what it feels like for someone to take advantage of you unjustly because they did that with me. He has all these things that He went through to teach us that we could go through them as well. And I'll I'll tell you what. What comes through in that, when we go through those things, what comes through is victory. Victory in our relationship with Jesus Christ. But wow, more than that. Victory in this world. The cries right now are for the bride to come together in unity as Michael was talking about. If even a portion, which I'm saying if here, but, but it's already happening. If even a portion of his bride, hey, let's call him a remnant. What do you say? Maybe that's what he calls them. If a remnant of his bride would understand this concept, that Jesus paved the way to move in this life the way he intends for us to move. He literally did it himself by learning faith, 
By having the faith that would move mountains. But yet he never did. You ever wonder about that? He could have through, through a single word, he could have changed all his circumstances. He could have changed the circumstances for Israel. In fact, that's why they crucified him. Because in the triumphal entry a week earlier, that's what they thought he was going to do. Come in and tink, 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 and Romans are gone. No more Roman rule. Israel, now you have your king, you reign, and all the things that the prophet said were going to happen. But he knew that would not have purchased their freedom. Their freedom came from his blood. And so, before paying that final price, he had to teach this remnant that we have rising up today to walk in his ways, to do what he would do and what he did do in saying yes, building that relationship with the Father. And as Jesus said, we will do more than he did. You ever wonder, why hasn't that happened yet? It never even happened with His disciples. Nowhere in Scripture do you see that more miracles were done than when Jesus walked the earth and yet He said it will happen. Do you have the faith to believe that it will happen? I'm telling you, it's about to happen. His Holy Spirit is about to fall in a way that it has never Understand me, never fallen before. And Jesus said, why? Because He goes up to the Father. He sits at the right hand of the Father. He has the Father's ear. He has that relationship that He built here by faith. And He said, yeah, this one's one of mine. This one's mine. They have my heart. Here is what shall be done for them. And the father says, My son, you got it. Done. That's why it's going to be bigger. And this is not in the distant future. Don't be afraid that I wonder if this is going to happen. You're going to see signs of it before the end of this year. In a huge way. We already see signs of it in the Lord's movement with ignition. Opening doors, we couldn't, we wouldn't even know there was a door there. And yet He opens it. That's nothing for God. What God is about to do will rock this world. And it begins, what, what began in Nigeria, don't get me wrong. What began in Nigeria, the Lord said that it all begins in Nigeria. It has begun. His focus is about to change. He told me, I have until November 20th to get infrastructure done in Nigeria. Or at least the vision of it done in Nigeria. And he told me that last year in beginning of December. He said, you have... 355 days, and I had to add it up. I couldn't figure it out, so John added it up for me. 
said that'll be November 20th, okay. I've asked him over the past year what that means. What does that mean to have infrastructure done there? He said, because your focus will be elsewhere. Not that the focus won't be Nigeria, I don't mean that. But the focus will no longer be on infrastructure. The focus, I know, is the movement of His Holy Spirit. It is the falling of His Holy Spirit. It is the taking back of a nation that was never intended to be Satan's in the first place. Which is this country, America. America is the only country in history that chose God. God chose Israel. But the beginning of America, with William Penn, he chose God. This country will not lay to waste. In fact, he is turning his focus onto this country because what is supposed to come from this country. Doesn't matter what you believe. Doesn't matter if you believe the prophets. Doesn't matter if you believe what I say, what the Lord has told me. Doesn't matter. It will not halt what he is about to do. What it will affect is your own walk of faith. Your own portion in this plan. He's about to change everything. And, and let me encourage you, please, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid for what's coming. Don't be afraid. Don't, don't hear what they say on the stupid news. By the way, monkeypox, seriously, did you see who they put in charge of that? The guy wears a pentagram. Okay, Lord. He will die of his own declaration. That's what the Lord just said. I speak that in Jesus' name. Don't be afraid for what's being appointed. Don't be afraid for what they're doing. Don't be afraid for the stupidity that is manifest. Don't be afraid of the churches that won't stand up. Because guess what? They're not going to be churches anymore. They're not going to be. God has said that for a while. He is dismantling those churches. He's dismantling, and not just here in the U.S., but all over, all over the globe. I can tell you from the heart of God, I, I, I just, I can tell you, He is done. He is done with fake Christianity. There, there was a message, I, I want to say three or four weeks ago, that, that I, the Lord had me speak about the book of Zechariah, and I think it was chapter 5, if I recall, where it had the scroll go out with the two curses. Those are curses from God, by the way. Read the book. It's not from the enemy. It's on the enemy, but it's also on his own house. One side of the curse, or one, one side of the scroll was a curse to go out to all those who steal. Now, that, that shows itself in many ways. If you don't think that normal American politics now are thieves from you and I, you're wrong. They steal. 
They steal for their own gain. And I'm not saying all of them. I'm not putting them all in a blanket. I'm just saying the ones that have managed to control because of the laws that we have and even putting in ways of upholding those laws by doubling the IRS. Well, I didn't like the IRS before. Now they're doubling it. I'm not sure if that makes me... I just like them, dislike them the same or makes me dislike them more. I don't know. It's not going to hold, though. Most of those people that were brought on won't even be hired because there will not be time. Because this switchover is coming before the end of the year. Trust in Him. What, what seems confusing now, what, what seems like there is no hope now, it's just the opposite of that. Go home. Say yes to God. He will show you. The beauty of the Holy Spirit is the Spirit will always resonate with the Spirit. You want to prove out a prophet's words? You want to prove out what I say here in the morning? Let the Holy Spirit show you because the Spirit will always resonate with the Spirit. It's extraordinary. But rest assured, God's focus is on America. It's, it's all over. But there is a spark that is about to be lit in America that will change the globe. It will change everything about the bride and how we know it to be. There will be no more hiding saying, I'm a Christian, and here's a, a verse that I looked up that I'm going to claim, and then living your life opposite. That was the second curse. On the flip side of the scroll, that anyone who used his name falsely, it would not be just that they were destroyed. I mean, go read the curse, because the curse is for today. This isn't for the future. This isn't, wasn't for the past. It is for today. Those curses have been released. What does he say? He said, I will destroy you. And I will destroy your family. In fact, I will destroy your house. Every stone that has built your house will be brought down. We are about to see changes in the United States like we have never seen before because it is supposed to go throughout the world. You've already seen the markings of this. Don't, don't, don't think that there are signs everywhere. There are just signs everywhere, and I'm, I'm not going to lay them out. Seek the Lord on it. He'll show you you have the same right to relationship with Him as anybody else. Just seek it and He'll show you. Trust in what He is doing. He who had no sin, who came and lived a perfect life to show us how to live for this very day. Because... What is coming now, and Alex, you come on up. What is coming now is the victory that Israel thought was coming back then. 
Now Jesus is going to reign through His bride. That victory will be seen, and it will be seen quickly. I think for years now, Greg has been mentioning the word yes over and over again, giving God your yes. And um, one thing that was, it struck me is what God has done with the yes in so many different believers is, um, is kind of reminds me of the theme throughout the entire word of God. He was bringing David to my mind. He was bringing other um, greats in faith that didn't take much. It didn't take an entire army, David being specifically a great example, that the entire army of Israel was intimidated and threatened by Goliath and by the Philistines, and yet it just took one. It took one willing to believe God for what God knew he could do. But God chooses to work through his people. And even today, we've, we've had Nigeria. It's fresh on our mind. We just got back from Nigeria. And um, although I was sitting in, in Istanbul, Turkey, when the Lord downloaded the lesson I gave to the women this morning in class about the ways of God versus the ways of man, because I was just so flooded with how, how extraordinary God will move when he just gets a heart that's cooperating. He just wants, he just wants a yes, not in a general sense. There's a lot of people that believe they've given their yes, because in a general sense, well, yes, of course I want what God wants. I just need to be sure that this is in place and that I'm doing it this way and that, you know, these ducks are here. And I mean, I'm not going to do that. You know, I mean, I'll give to missions. I'm not going to go, you know, but I mean, yes, my, my yes is, of course, my yes is there. I've given my yes. And they don't really understand what a yes is. A yes is a yes. It's a yes when I'm standing here. It's a yes if I'm here. It's a yes if I go over there. Whatever I do, there are no parameters of my own to be put in place. It's all through the mind of Christ, which, of course, we desire to have, that we might have the mind of Christ, that we might, Ephesians 4, be renewed and transformed in the spirit of our minds. Why? So that we can think like him, so that we can be in agreement with what he says. Being in agreement with him is a yes. And, man, what he does through that. Um, he has just blown my mind in Nigeria with the smallest yeses I've given him. Not having a, a, a allowing anxiety to come over me when, when the, we're driving. You know, there are a lot of things that, that are uh, triggers for what can upset our world, right? It, it depends on what it is for you. Everybody has their own thing. It's like some people don't like to drive. Some people don't like to, you know, their schedule is upset. They don't like to stay up at night. They don't, some people don't like to be in crowded rooms for a long period of time. Some people can't handle being in the heat. Some people can't be in a place where the stench is overwhelming. You enter our chicken coop and it's a little bit challenging. It's, it's almost palatable. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta swallow half the smell and now it's all over you. But some people just can't, well, yeah, I can't deal with that. I can't deal with that. And yet when, when each of those I can'ts are handed to the Lord, where you just say, okay, yes, Lord, whatever pet peeve, whatever limitation, whatever, I don't feel good. This doesn't agree with me. This person's annoying. I, I, this setting is just not my thing. This kind of music or sound or this type of people that I, I, that I don't do well with these things. You know, God knows us. He knows all these things. 
he's still asking for our yes. And every little time I've given over every little thing, as, as, as he's had me and all of us, if we'll let him, in this refinement process, what he does with that, it's just so wonderful. I just weep and weep with the Lord when I say thank you for prying out of my hands the things that I thought I had to have in order for me to do ministry. You know, people will give God their yes as long as they can do ministry the way they want to do ministry. That's a no, by the way. If you give God your yes to ministry, but then have to do it your way, you're giving God a no after your yes, which negates the yes and becomes a no. (laughs) Because a yes is only a yes for as long as it's a yes. And so he's just so cool to mold us into something far greater and uh, more impactful than we could ever imagine. And it brings me to that 1 Corinthians 2, 9, which is the eye hath not seen, neither has or ear heard, neither has it entered into our hearts, the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those that love him. And we have been able to see, and, and now just to see the progress of what's happening in Nigeria, to see the the physical manifestation of the days that I tearfully shared with the ladies this morning, we're seeing the physical manifestation of provision for the days when all we had to give was faith and prayer. That's all I had to go to an IDP camp and which is a, a refugee camp and and talk to people with diseases and demonically possessed. And all you've got is God and your prayer and faith, which is what's pictured in this collage of pictures and I had nothing I, I wanted to give them food and clothing and I wanted to give them everything but it was I felt like Peter I thought I silver and gold have I none but but that which I have that I will give unto you and I did and now God behind us in that plowing allowed the recent intervention event to be with trucks to be with food to be with footwear and clothing and things that we wanted to provide. But God said, where's your faith? Are you going to trust me? Are you going to believe that if you pray over somebody, you didn't feed their belly, you didn't give them anything because I didn't give you anything to give them yet. I gave you me. Give them me and then let me take care of it. And man, he has done that. He has done that. So we also can't do ministry based on what we think is effective We love the instant gratification that, well, if I serve God, then it ought to produce this so that I can feel like this. No, do whatever he asks and he will take care of it. And so I've been so thrilled, so overwhelmed. Um, Even the fact that I continue to travel, which is what I used to say all the time. um, Now I'm just, I'm just kind of, my mouth hangs open in awe because, but I always used to declare, I don't travel. I don't, I don't fly. I don't, you know, be careful. Be careful. The more you say that, the more you're going to find that um, you'll either drift further away from the Lord or he will, uh, you'll find that you're, you're really limited in, in every area of your life. But as I've said, yes, he's, he's transformed me into a different person. My family has even said, um, they're just like, that's not, really, that's not really Lexi. She doesn't really do that. And I said, yeah, isn't that, but isn't that, doesn't that show the glory of God? You don't really have a missions work the size that we have in another nation when you're a church this size. I mean, that's, that's part of just seeing the glory of God. What God can do with a yes and why he calls us a remnant is because he loves to show his power through even just a few. Matthew twenty two fourteen, Many are called, 
But few are chosen. Few will pay the price to be chosen. But it doesn't limit what God can do. Do you know how many people over in Nigeria, Michael can tell you, that, that when they meet us, they're like, you're, you're from the U.S. You, so you, have, you have a mega church there? That's like a, like a, I'm sure you got a, like a mega church. And no, just about 40, 50 people. You know, it used to be we sat in a house, and, you know, and now in a small building. And they're like, what? How, how is that possible? See, those are, when you look at the, the signs and the wonders What's a wonder? A wonder is when somebody goes, oh, I wonder how that's possible. Uh, that's, I, I, wonder what, I wonder how that works. That's a wonder of God. When somebody wonders how those things happen, when we can figure it all out, it's probably not going to bring God the glory. And He's just done that, and I'm so, I'm so thankful because he is going to make ignition here in the U.S. very, very large. But that was never our goal. That was never what God had. He was just like, just give me your yes. I'm going to take you down a different journey. It's not going to be in all of the religious church norms. And many people along the way will abandon you because they will say, well, that's not what I signed up for. I, this is the way church is supposed to be done. And you know what? We love them. And we appreciate that. And I went through my own kind of, Lord, what's going on? How is it possible that we're in a house at all? But now, how is it possible that we were in a house that long? And, you know, and I'm asking him these questions. And he's like, yeah, that's part of what I need to rip out. I need to rip out the weeds of the church and the religion and all those things in you. Because the church is my precious bride. But the doctrines of man have turned the church into something I never intended. And so now he's looking for a remnant to take us full circle into back into becoming the true church, the true worshipers, that he so sweetly sat with the woman at the well and said, I'm looking for the true worshipers, the ones who will worship me in spirit and in truth. And that's what he wants from us and what he will do with a yes, just a yes from somebody who has no holds barred, open arms, open heart. God, just do it. Watch what he'll do. And, and it's so cool now to be able to see. We've been saying that for years, but it's really, really exciting to go back there and see the evidence of it. And many of you are seeing evidence too. But whatever you're not seeing, remember, are you giving God a yes followed up by a no? Ask God. Like David prayed, which I've said a thousand times in Psalm 139, 23, and 24, search me, O God, know me, try me, see if there's any wicked way in me. What you're essentially saying is God Reveal to me if my yes has been followed by a no. Because if there's any of that, please purge it out and lead me in the right way everlasting. And that's where you will see um, a shift in your life and the impact of how God wants to use you be that much greater. So let's pray. Father, thank you, God, for this word this morning, a reminder of Jesus, what you gave not only in your, your blood on the cross, which was everything, to pay for everything, but also giving us your word to see your life and your ministry and your daily yes to the Father. So that you could teach us by example, by, by a, a template to follow what it is like to live in full obedience Following the will of the Father, but empowered by the Holy Spirit of God within us when we accept Jesus. 
God, Jesus, you, you showed us what it's like to walk in that kind of authority. That when you healed somebody, it wasn't because you acted as God, even though you always were God. You acted in the power of the Holy Spirit in obedience to the Father when he spoke at that moment. Which makes it possible for us to, by the power of the Holy Spirit, directed and led of you, Father, to lay hands on someone and see their healing. And so, God, we just believe you for it all. Jesus, you said greater works will we do than even you did. Not greater in number because there will be more Christians, but greater in the massive power of those works. Greater in manifestation. And I just thank you for that. God, that is what we are believing you for. We're believing you for the truly whether it's absurd or we just use the old King James exceeding abundantly above anything that we could even dare to ask or think. God, we're believing you for that. And I pray for anyone who is not to unlock, God, the next level of faith in their life, that they would just give you their yes and then let you build their faith. Because it is such a thrill as our faith grows That we get to know you more. We get to know your ways, your heart. It's just all about knowing you more. It's all about growing in closeness with you. The fruit of our labor is on you, God. All we have is you. What you do with our yes and our free will choice to have you, God. What you do is your choice. And I thank you that you produce so much from that. Because it doesn't take much. It only takes a couple of fish and five loaves to reach the masses. God, I just, I just pray that you would just put this revelation deeper in our hearts this morning. Everything that was spoken, both through Michael and through Greg, as you released it to their hearts, God. That you would... Drive it down deeper than it's ever been, God. That we would leave this place undeterred, unshaken, unmoved in this very shaking world right now. But that we would stand upon the rock of our salvation, you, Lord Jesus, and stand on your faithfulness to us. Great is your faithfulness, God. I thank you. I worship you. I praise you. Continue to just release your heart to us. We just love you so much. And no matter what anyone else thinks, God, you know the heart of the man or the woman that seeks you. And you will keep that which we've committed unto you against that day. So do it, God. Do it for your glory. And I pray all of these things today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.